Wait, that's a thing? Never heard of it. Oh, you have no idea. This is Haven Space, a safe place for fantasies. Brought to you by sex coach and researcher Sarah Perry. Hi folks, this is Sarah Perry and welcome back to Haven Space. Today we are changing plans a little bit. I know that I said that we were going to have an interview with uh, disability justice activist Eva, but we were not able to secure that interview and we will about mid-month next month. So be on the lookout for that. So today we're going to actually be switching things around and be discussing pegging. Pegging specifically as it relates to um, a person who identifies as a man receiving anal stimulation via a strap-on toy from a person who identifies as a woman. By the end of this podcast, you should know what pegging is, what it isn't, where to find it, how to prepare, how to go about making this happen for yourself with all of the consent, respect, and pleasure that our bodies are worthy of. So let's jump right in. The term pegging actually comes from a Dan Savage radio show called Savage Love and discussing that there was no actual name for the term of a woman putting on a strap-on and fucking her man in the ass. So they did this little voting thing and the people voted that it should be called pegging. And since then, that's what we call it. I don't know anything else that has been planned that well and has worked out the same way, except for uh, maybe Ellen DeGeneres' selfie heard around the world. But um, you should know that pegging is not a new thing, even though this term is pretty new. The action of pegging is even referred to in the book Philosophy in the Bedroom, written by the Marquis de Sade in 1795. Yes, the same Marquis de Sade that has the term sadism coined after him. But you should know that pegging should not hurt. In fact, if it does hurt, there's a step that you're missing or something that you need to readjust. And pain is actually a very important sign. Um, it is the way that we tell our bodies to stop doing what we're doing or to shift. And having it as a signal is super critically important. Because of that, I want to start off by talking about um, lube. Everybody talks about lube being the most critical part of pegging, the best way to make it comfortable. Um, And it's true. Um, Anuses... And anal canals are not um, self-moisturizing. They do not get wet when you are turned on. It doesn't matter if you have whatever combination of genitals that you have. Your ass never gets wet when you are turned on. And therefore, lube is absolutely a requirement for pegging. Really for any kind of anal stimulation, but specifically for pegging. In some ways, pegging is different than anal sex, and if you haven't listened to my anal sex podcast, go ahead and listen to it, because a lot of the stuff that I'll discuss, I'm going to do it kind of an overview, but there's a lot more detailed stuff about how to prepare for anal sex and anal stimulation on that podcast, and you may want to kind of start there. But this is specifically different because when you are a woman pegging somebody, um, you don't have a penis, so you don't, you can't feel what that feels like. Because of that reason, it's 
extra important that the receiving person communicates really well and it's extra important that they are able to feel everything that's going on. So again, let's recommend not being blitzed drunk, uh, not being on drugs. Let's recommend not using the lubes that are um, numbing, that have uh, benzocaine, in them, like for example, um, anal ease, and there's a few other ones with similar names that play on words for being able to take anally easily. But anal sex and pegging should not hurt. It, this actually just continues to send the message that there's an expectation of pain, and with the expectation of pain is the expectation of being sodomized and being um, controlled in a way, being submissive. And that is not what pegging is. In fact, pegging has actually no relationship to someone's sexual orientation. It has no relationship to somebody's sexual inclinations. Enjoying anal simulation comes simply from anatomy. There's no reason to be concerned about it. There's no reason to feel like, oh my God, am I questioning something because I really like to feel this sensation? No. In fact, um, our bodies are capable of feeling fantastic sensations. And the reality is, if you like to have sex, like to get fucked in the ass, um, the person you're fucking or getting fucked by is the one that determines kind of what orientation you are, correct? So for example, if you are wanting to get pegged by your girlfriend, odds are you still like your girlfriend. So if you were concerned about that, good news, no need to be concerned. And also, it's a modern day and age. You don't have to label yourself anything. If you would like to get fucked in the ass by a guy, that also doesn't mean you're gay. That just means you want to get fucked in the ass by a guy. So be kind to yourself. Define yourself however you want to or don't because you don't need labels. Labels can be limiting and just accept whatever pleasure you have. So while I was doing research, I came across two pretty interesting kind of pegging sex ed resources. One is Ruby Ryder, who is um, a sex educator. She has a website, peggingparadise.com, and she has podcasts on there with hundreds of podcasts. So you should definitely check it out if you're interested. Um, and additionally, I found Tristan Terramino, who is a porn director and sex educator, who made the most recent kind of pegging um, sex ed guide. It's called Expert Guide for Anal Pleasure in Men. It was uh, put out in 2009 and she actually discusses a little bit about pegging. It shows you some toys. In fact, in the video, she literally tells you what brand these toys are, what uh, brand the lubes are, and tells you, like, kind of breaks it down for you, the harnesses, all of the stuff. And then she has porn actors actually play out uh, the different scenarios, but it's all, like, very playful and conversation forward, and it's exactly the kind of sex that we need to be learning from, simply because the communication is open and it's kind and honest consent is freely given and freely asked for. Um, and also, it proves that when we engage this part of our minds that has to do with curiosity, our sexual experiences can be much more diverse, but also pleasure kind of takes a back seat to the enjoyment of actual curiosity. Physical pleasure becomes not 
necessarily your goal, but exploring each other becomes your goal. And that has been shown to correlate with longer lasting, deeper bonded relationships. So engaging curiosity when it's a new situation, and even if it's not a new situation, even if you're just um, in the same moment that you've had having sex the exact same way, getting curious about the other person turns your sex into something much more playful and into something much more engaging which is a huge problem that kind of long-term monogamous couples have is that they become kind of rooted in something that keeps them from being interested because it's always the same thing the moment we engage curiosity it doesn't matter if it's the same thing fascination is there intent is there and it completely changes our sexual dynamics with people um again remember that any kind of myth surrounding how masculine you are um if you want to get pegged or if you are a woman listening to this who is straight in a relationship with a man and would like um to peg him but feel uncomfortable also know that this is not something that changes your role your ability to identify as a masculine person or a feminine person we both have masculinity and femininity inside of ourselves and there's no way to get rid of either of those things we just kind of shift and oscillate between them and getting fucked in the ass doesn't make you more or less masculine or feminine um also know that it doesn't mean that you are submissive. There are plenty of people who enjoy being pegged who are still dominant, dominant in their lives and dominant in their relationships and sexually. It doesn't change your dynamic. There is a way to kind of be the dominant person in the situation and say like, this is what you're doing for me now and exert yourself in a dominant way and maintain all of those same power, consensual power exchange dynamics that you already have established and already know that you like. I should also probably note that out of the people that are being interviewed who have admitted to pegging their partners, and this specific interview was all women, all of them unanimously said that they have only pegged partners that they were close with. In fact, only one of the narratives that I found online was a person who was pegging someone that was virtually a stranger on a third date situation, only the second time they had ever had sex. And that experience went really bad, but it went really bad and she describes it herself because he didn't say anything. They were having sex in the dark. So number one, you must have visibility right? Dildos don't have nerve endings, so you can't tell if you're inserting it in the right place. You can't tell if you're thrusting in at the right rate. You can't tell how tight the person is at the time or if they've relaxed um, to an extent because, of course, there's resistance if they're super, super tight. But you need to be with someone that you are comfortable talking to. So step one in making pegging happen is going to be having communication. And I would say, I would venture to say that if you're having conversations about pegging, most of the time you're already pretty comfortable with each other. Also acknowledge that that kind of communication needs to continue throughout the entire sex act. We are going to implement the same traffic light systems. We're going to do green light for yes, I'm loving it, it's great. And you don't have to use the term green light. You can actually just say yes, please, more. All of those words of affirmation. Then go yellow light if you want to take it a little bit slower 
or communicate in other ways. I know a lot of people that do like a slight squeeze of the thigh of the partner if they're moving too fast or if they just need to feel the sensation and be still for a moment, which is super common also. And then of course, red light if I can't, I gotta stop. One thing you should know is that dildos in the ass are not the kind of thing that you should just take out fast, okay? It doesn't feel comfortable. There can't be that amount of like distress and trauma in that space. What you really want to do is if you're done with the experience, that's fine. Slowly let it out and then you can just go back to doing whatever other thing you wanted to do or other forms of like after ritual self-care that you may have established. So I want to talk about We've already discussed that you should definitely have visibility. You should definitely have communication. And you should definitely have the right kinds of lube. We already said we shouldn't have any of the lubes that have anesthetics in it because maybe you'll push yourself too far. And we need the one person that can feel the sensation to let us know if it's going too far or not. But Aside from that, there's other types of lubes. There are oil-based, water-based, and silicone-based lubes. So oil-based lubes feel pretty freaking great. The problem with oil-based lubes is that they cannot be inserted vaginally. So if you're a person with a vagina using this kind of lube, even if it's with a partner, you have to make sure that it does not get on your vagina. It can cause all kinds of things, yeast infections, pH imbalances, all kinds of great stuff. Also, the issue with oil-based lubes is that they stain. They stain everything. Oil's really hard to get off of stuff. So um, it's one of the reasons that I also suggest not using oils that you may have sitting around the house. Go out and buy some fucking lube. You're an adult. No one's going to judge you for buying lube. It's important. So um, silicone-based lubes also feel fantastic. They have this kind of like dry... um, velvety texture when they're kind of on your hands and stuff. You don't typically have to wash your hands right after you apply it. And some of them can be pretty thick. They last forever. They're pretty expensive and it doesn't matter because you use one pump and it's the entire sex experience with one pump. Um, It's great for anal play also, except for Um, the fact that most of the toys that you're using are likely silicone toys. You can protect your toys with condoms though because silicone lube is fine to use with condoms. And side note, I just found this out, silicone lube works great underwater. So if you hate pool sex or shower sex, you could start using silicone lube and start to love it and maybe be like some kind of sexy water scene like a movie. Um, lastly, water-based lubes are compatible with toys and condoms. Um, they can be really thick. There are certain lubes like Astroglide, which I don't love because I don't love its ingredients, but texture-wise, it's amazing. It's thick, almost like toothpaste, and that's the kind of consistency you want to find for anal sex and for pegging specifically. So pick out a good lube, and then you can actually use lube into your foreplay. Uh, Water-based lubes can have flavors too, and a lot of foreplay tends to be analingus, so we're talking rimming, aka tossing salad, aka putting your tongue in someone's ass, and if you're using a water-based lube with flavor, that's fantastic. Silicone-based lubes you can also consume, um, and they're flavorless, so if you like the way people taste, this is a fantastic option for you also. You should know that we have sweat glands around our ass. And so sometimes, especially if you're in kind of a particularly long 
play session, you could get some of that sweat taste in your mouth. But, you know, it's sex, so just embrace all of the flavors and textures that go along with it. Um, also, a little bit of finger play as foreplay is a good idea. Typically, it's very easy to know when someone has relaxed all of their sphincter muscles, and pegging is not something that can occur with someone who is tight and in distress. You have to be relaxed. A good way to note is if your fingernails are short um, and trimmed and nice and smooth, you can actually slide your finger from the coccyx bone all the way towards the anus. And then if someone is relaxed, your finger should be able to slide right in if you're moving sideways on it. If it doesn't slide right in, then it's time for more foreplay. You can also use uh, lube as a sensory experience. Some lubes squirt and some kind of shoot out of the bottle and using those um, different sensations on how to put lube on can also be super fun. If you do have nails, um, you want to consider putting gloves on and putting little pieces of cotton at the tips of the gloves so that your nails are protected and so is the glove. And this is actually like kind of a sexy little foreplay thing too. You could do a nurse thing or a doctor thing and that could add to the kink of the situation. Remember that any toys that you are going to insert anally must have a flared base or a handle. And this also applies to double-ended dildos. So some of the pegging would occur with a dildo that is inserted vaginally and then also has on the other side a place that you can peg through. But you have to make sure there's a flared end in the middle. Otherwise, because vaginas are softer than anuses, it could cause discomfort as it goes too far into the vagina as you're trying to thrust in. So you want something with a base anyways. You're going to want to buy a good sturdy harness I suggest uh, a double strap harness that's adjustable. Harnesses tend to be highly adjustable for people of all sizes. I'm a very small person and I have a harness that fits fine. And in fact, the best way to go about buying one is to go to a sex store with someone who actually knows what you're looking for, how to fit you for things specifically, and have a conversation because those people that are there with the toys and with the products, they know much more than any website can tell you from a little description that you're going to read. In the case of Houston, specifically where I am, I highly recommend Darling Way Boutique in the Heights. Um, It's owned by my really good friend Beth, who used to be a divorce attorney and then went into um, pleasure-based education and She's incredible, and you can sit down with her and literally talk about what you want to use your harness for, and they will not only fit you for the harness there, but they'll tell you other harnesses that you may be able to find later on, and good toys to fit into those harnesses. Now, you can start with a toy manually, just not with a harness, and try inserting it using the same swooping motion that you did with the finger. Now, with a lot of lubrication on this toy, Um, you can start to insert it and let the person who's feeling it let you know and communicate this is feeling good, this is not feeling good, and use communication words and signals that you've already discussed to make sure that everything's feeling comfortable. A lot of people like to kind of work their way up, small toys first, and as they get more turned on, bigger toys. But know that the prostate, which is a huge part of what's stimulated when we're doing pegging, actually gets bigger as 
the man gets more and more aroused as the penis having person gets more and more aroused. So using a bigger toy as you get more aroused doesn't necessarily change things because you can feel the sensation much more strongly just because you're aroused, which is fantastic. Um, also know that when you have a toy inserted in the harness, toys tend to have kind of a curve to the way they're designed. If you are pegging and the person has chosen the position of being on all fours, like doggy style, for example, which is a fantastic beginner position, you could angle the toy downward and in that way create a prostate massage simply in the motion because you have this toy. It's part of the magic of being able to take this toy off and move it around as opposed to having an actual penis. Um, so let's go into positions. Like I just mentioned, we could totally do doggy style. It's very easy. Typically, uh, the person that is pegging can stay perfectly still while the other person kind of regulates rhythm and, and moves their body close or further away. Now, note that most people that enjoy pegging don't want an in and out, out motion that we kind of imagine when we think about like penis and vagina sex, right? And we picture doggy style um, with a man and a woman that are cis, so penis and vagina, and there's a vigorous thrusting in and out, but that thrusting in and out actually comes from pleasure to the penis haver. Well, anally, pressure is what is felt inside of the rectum, not so much the friction of in and out. In fact, anuses and anal cavities, which are like the first couple of inches inside the body, are very, very, very sensitive and in fact don't like to be moved back and forth as much. So consider inserting all the way in and then allowing the person to sit in that space, perhaps moving kind of in circular motions and try these different, um, I would say, strokes and make them something that's more kind of intuitive than it would be to have this picture in your head of how it's going to work out. Another possible uh, position is similar doggy style, but uh, the person in the back can have one leg over the hips of the other one. This is kind of for better positioning, better angling. It also depends on how stiff your surface is. It sounds pretty submissive and dominant power play, but get on the floor. The floor is not as bumpy and shaky as the bed and can actually give you a little bit better control. Being close to walls so that you can push yourself back into each other can also be a fantastic idea. Um, another good position would be something like um, the cowboy or the reverse cowboy, which is a person laying down with their legs flat. That person would have the dildo on. And then the other person that's receiving kind of kneeling on top or even sitting on top, depending on the weight of the person and if it's comfortable for both of you. Um, other styles would be maybe side to side, like big spoon, little spoon, except for this actually takes away a lot of the depth of the toy. So know that in advance so you can put a bigger toy in the harness and you can be prepared for that. But it does allow the person to control motion very, very, very well. Um, lastly, I want to say that shit happens. Sometimes um, somebody can get a little bit of poop on a toy. It's not the end of the world. You can be prepared for this. You can keep wipes or a wet rag next to you. Um, sometimes there are smells. I think you'll be okay. Sex is messy and just embrace the messy. If this is something that you have wanted to try, but have been scared to try, 
this is my encouragement to reach all the pleasures that your body's capable of and not be afraid. And this is also my encouragement to be like, you know what? I tried it and I didn't like it. I don't want to do that again, or I don't want to do it anytime soon. This is your story and you get to create all of your sexual life exactly as you want it. If you can have um, the awareness to think about what it is to recognize it and to ask for it. Last quick note, um, there is a plea from Dulcinea Pitagora, who is a licensed clinical social worker in the um, sexuality studies PhD program at Widener University. And she's doing a study on um, straight men who like to be pegged by women. And I will share the link to that survey if you identify as that. It would be so helpful. Help people in their research. Sex research is so, so difficult to do. We absolutely need volunteers. So I'm going to share that link and go ahead and click on it if you identify as that person and help her out. So to sum things up, today we talked about pegging. What it is. Who coined the term? Who wrote about it first? Or as... I mean, early as we have it, um, what to do if it's hurting, what to do to make it as easy as uncomfortable as possible, um, the kind of lubes that you can use, the kind of toys that you can use. You learn that maybe the best way to get fitted for harnesses and toys is to actually go into a store and talk to people. Shocking. That you shouldn't be scared of keeping the light on or of actually feeling sensations and opting out of the numbing lube. So thanks for tuning in and I'll catch you on the next one. This has been another podcast of Haven Space. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Haven Space by Sarah and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Haven Space by Sarah. If you enjoyed this talk, consider becoming a patron and helping fund more talks like this in the future.